Welcome to Denim Wrapped Nightmares, Tipsy Exchange Podcast, where we explore the Supernatural series episode by episode. Over drinks, we'll discuss the lore, the gore, and what we adore about the Winchesters and their adventures. I'm Burley, and I'm a new fan of the series. I'm LA, and I'm here along for the ride. Now let's get tipsy. Hello, LA. Hey, Burley. Our last episode was Swap Meat. Gary, portrayed by guest star Colton James, is a teenage nerd who conjures up a body-switching spell and changes bodies with Sam Winchester in order to murder Dean. Thrilled by his new handsome and built body, Gary, as Sam, investigates a case with Dean, gets laid, and gets drunk. Meanwhile, Sam is stuck in Gary's teenage body, having to deal with his intrusive parents, his high school friends, and a demon who wants to take his vessel back to Lucifer. You know what I was thinking after we, we like recorded that whole episode? That we didn't talk about how the demon said that they delivered Sam's meat suit to them. Mm. When the whole thing's called swap, swap meat. Swap meat. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I, and I totally, I wrote in my notes and everything and I forgot to say it, but anyway. Which angel was it that said sweaty meat suit? Wasn't it Zachariah? Was it? Where's Zachariah? I don't know. Where's he been? I like him. I, he needs to be in more. I know. Those I keep saying it. angels. They underutilize him. I mean, yes. Kurt Fuller, big time. Listen, I grew up on Jerry Springer and I'm not supposed to love these dramatic assholes. Come Can't on. Can't help it. Can't, Can't help, help it. it. Oh my God, Jerry Springer. <laughs> God. Mari Povich. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that shit. Hell, yeah. I mean, what do they expect? Come on. <laughs> I love them so much. Give me more angels. And speaking of angels, they took one away from us. Another one away from us today. We'll get there. Bullshit. Yeah. I know. I'm not happy about that either. But typical. Mm. Anyway, we'll get there because this episode is named The Song Remains the Same it is the 13th episode of season five, and it aired on February 4th, 2010. It starts out with Dean dreaming, clearly. Uh, <laughs> there is a lady dressed as a devil dancing for him, like stripper-esque. Like. Mm-hmm. She almost looked like Katy Perry to me a little bit. I could see that. Yeah. And then out of nowhere. Dean, it- Dean was ultra cheesy oh, in yeah. his dreams. Well, not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God. What did he? Oh, I don't know. I don't even want to remember what he said. But anyway, an angel lady, another lady comes into play dancing. So it's the angel and the devil dancing for him. But as they're dancing, they they kind of go apart. And then there's just Anna there in her T-shirt and jeans and her jacket. Looking chic. She's beautiful. She goes, this is what you dream about. (laughs) Shaming him (laughs) in his own dream. I've come here to judge you. <laughs> Is it all in the dream where she tells him? Mm-hmm. She's okay. She's like, I can't find you. Like, just That's like, right. just yeah, like yeah, with yeah. Zachariah, he was like, you know, this is the only way I could find you. And Dean was like, we casted this thing. Then he didn't finish the sentence. He touched my, he touched my bones. He touched me. He etched, he etched himself into my bones. Mm. <laughs> oh my God. Well, there's a lot more of that in this episode too. <laughs> Uh, did his thing <laughs> anyway okay i gotta focus i'm sorry oh and it is important because we honestly kind of forgot about anna a little bit i hate to say that because i do love her oh me too yeah but it's just been so long since we've seen her and uh she did get pissy and was like oh castiel like got kind of balked at his name whenever dean mm. brought it up mm-hmm. because he turned her in and she's been imprisoned yeah in heaven but she claimed she's escaped and she has a plan to help Sam and Dean. And that that's why she meets Dean and tells him in the dream, tells him all that, and tells him to meet her at, what was it? Tw- 225 Industrial. Yeah. She doesn't have any idea where Dean is. We don't know the city. We don't know the state. But no she zip says, code? Nothing. Nothing? Nada. But 225 Industrial. He'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, he'll get it. You'll figure out exactly where that is. I'm sure there's industrial boulevards everywhere. everywhere right? But he'll figure it out. It's, it's like Castiel flying around until the necklace gets hot for God. She was just going to hit every 225 industrial there was until she landed at the same one as Dean. Did you oh just God. choke a little? No, I really wanted to laugh, laugh at what you were saying, but I was taking 
a sip of the shot at the same time. It was just very difficult. Oh, I okay. love these fucking angels, man. So she goes to this place to meet. Wait, first Dean woke up. Remember? Oh, oh, you had yeah, you we took issue with this. Pop. Yes. Okay, I'm just curious. Has anybody fallen asleep, like deep enough sleep that you're dreaming in the way that Dean woke up? Like it looked like he had sat down on the motel bed and then laid back, and that's how he had fallen asleep. So when he wakes up, he's fully clothed and he just sits up and he's on the edge of the bed already. Yeah, not comfortable to me. No, but. I mean, we do hear them talking an awful lot about how, like, they just need their four hours and stuff. So, actually, the more That's that I'm true. thinking Exhausted. about it, the more believable it seems. Yeah. It just like, literally fell back and crashed. I take it back. It's believable. After that, we see Anna going to the place where she thinks she's meeting Dean. But it's not Dean. Mm-hmm. It's Cass. We get the lights popping. Mm-hmm. I love it. The drama. Drama. Of course, she's not excited to see him. Mm-mm. And she's saying, you know, you're the one that turned me in. And he does say that was a mistake, which yeah. I was surprised by. He's an all-new angel now. He fell. That's right. You know? He's lost some of his powers. He's not that little loyal soldier anymore. Heaven's not on his side. Mm-mm. She has the... Does she have the angel blade? No, Cass does. He she does. Okay. She had a normal knife because she was planning to murder Sam Winchester. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, so she tells Cass that she's there because Sam has to die. Makes sense. He needs to die so mm-hmm. that Lucifer doesn't have his vessel. She also said she was going to scatter his atoms across the universe. I know. I was like, damn. Well, I mean, think about it. When Lucifer was talking to Sam and Sam said, I'll just kill myself. He said, I'll just bring you back. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And she, well, she was like, that way they're never going to find all of them. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, smart. Yeah. But I liked that Cass was like, I've experienced heaven's persuasion. <gasps> oh. Because he was convinced she didn't escape prison. Right. He said, they don't let anybody mm-hmm. out. Like, that. there's no way. Yeah. You just escaped and you're back. If you got out, it's because they wanted you to get out. Right. To die. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not yet. I hate it. I know. I know. But uh, she, Cass, loves him, the Winchesters. Mm-hmm. He has a deep love for them and very protective. Oh, yeah. Because uh, he tells her, no, Mm-mm. you're not going to happen, Anna. Sam is my friend. And I will kill you before I let you get to them. Yeah. I've known you since the beginning of time, and I love you so much, but I've known this Sam Winchester for a year now, and you're not touching him. That's how special they are. They changed my mind. So special. And that amount of time, you didn't in all of that time. I don't care about you. Mm -mm. I love the sweaty meat suits. He does. And she says he's changed. He's Mm -hmm. a changed angel. She disappears. Flutters away. Yeah. But we see her land on, well, we see this, what, was that a Trans Am, the vehicle? I don't know cars. I know. As, as I was saying, it was like, I don't know, even know I'm asking her this. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah, sure. It was a 1975 Trans Am Atlantic with Perfect. a carburetor engine and fuel lines and um, <laughs> a, a alternator. And okay, okay, okay. there were brakes up in there. And um, good. Good, good. A gas tank, and it had a trunk. Yeah, okay. I know. Perfection. (laughs) Perfectly explained. Yeah, so anyway, we see a young couple making out in this vehicle that you just described. Exactly. Perfectly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Anna just, like, falls right on top of the hood. Just smack there. Right there. (laughs) She has some blood coming out of her mouth. Yeah, she's not doing good. She'd been through it. Yeah, and the couple gets out, grabs her, and they're like, we got to take her to a hospital. And they take off with her. And as they're leaving, we see a poster on the side of a building for Greece. Yeah. And we're like, oh, we're back in time. The Super Wiki says it was 1978 Lawrence, Kansas. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. We're back in a motel. Shocking. Mm-hmm. And Cass is with the boys. And Sam is asking if it would really work. Like, if Anna did kill me, would that work? And, like, we don't have to worry about all this with Lucifer taking me over and doing his thing. And I can't, Cass is like, he said, no, she's Glenn Close. No. no. (laughs) First of all, I like love that Dean constantly says these references that like just go over Cass's head. But then it's like perfect that he tries to use it directly after. And I can't remember the context of what. Oh, Dean said that. Anna's gone all Glenn Close. Right, right, right. And then he explained who Glenn Close was, that she's crazy and boils rabbits. Right. And then in the very next sentence, yeah, Sam is like, but would it work? And Cass yells like, 
No, no she's Glenn Close. <laughs> it was so good. It's so cute. I loved it. <laughs> and, but he tells her, or Cass tells him, Anne is not going to give up until she kills him. So we have to kill her first. Game plan. And Cass is doing like a little spell on their kitchenette table. Yes. To find her. Yeah. And I like that whenever he did the thing and it went whoosh and he was all like, <gasps> like it, like it took, it took energy out of him because he's not connected to heaven anymore. So right. his little angel spell, it made him all like woozy. And he well, like, and oh. he did say that like the time travel was going to make him weak. Oh, that too. Yeah, yeah. Because like you said, heaven's not help. He, he doesn't have those powers anymore. He, I think, wasn't he originally saying he was going to go and not let them go because he didn't want to give Anna prime opportunity to get them back in that day. Um, but they're like, no, 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 we're going. Like, we understand it's going to take a lot out of you. We get that. We don't care. We're endangering you. We understand that, Castiel. But it's our parents. Mm-hmm. Because Castiel did figure out with his little spell. He was like, I know. Or they were like, oh, so you know where she is? And he was like, I know when she is. Mm-hmm. And they were like, the fuck? And he was like, oh, she's gone back in time. She's going to go kill your parents to make sure you're never born. And that's when they're like, okay, we get that, like, this is going to be really painful for you and hard for you, but we're coming. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. I also liked another reference thing. (laughs) Dean said something about the DeLorean and the time travel. Oh, you're like a DeLorean without enough plutonium. Right. And Cass Cass just like dead stares at him and is like, I don't understand that reference. (laughs) (laughs) Which I've seen that in memes and stuff, but I've never, I haven't seen the scene. So it was fun to see the actual scene where it happens. That was funny. It was really cute. Well, he does his finger sleep on them, on their foreheads, the two fingers to the forehead. Yeah. He's like, okay, you can come and then fingers them. Oh, is that what he said? Yeah. That's Mm. how it happened. Do you think like. That's how it happened. That's what happened. He touched them and they came. They've been touched by an angel and they came. To 1978. Okay. Two fingers. Yeah, two. We see the guys, they're almost hit by a car <laughs> in this street on this little uh, strip of uh, downtown or whatever it is. And I was like, oh, Cass didn't, didn't end up going with them. That's what I thought. Yeah. I was like, oh, he didn't have enough juice. I was like, and then I was worried for them. Because mm-hmm. how, how are you going to get back? Right. Yeah, me but too. But also I was like, I don't know why I was worried because Cass really didn't play a part in the rest of the situation. But anyway, we do mm-hmm. see him. And he is like leaning up against a car, bloody nose, blood coming out of the nose. Mm-hmm. Worse and, off than Anna. Yeah. And they go over to, to him and I'm like, oh, okay. I thought he was going to be like the same as Anna, just kind of taken out, exhausted. Then he starts coughing up, coughing up blood. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. So here's my question, right? Because when we first saw the time travel thing happen last season, Cass was fine. No problem. Mm. Right? So my question is, Anna... Was not fine. And she just transported herself. So I think she is cut off from heaven. I was going to say, I would think so too. If she, if she was in prison, they're not going to give her those privileges. Right. Or so I don't think that they let her out and were on her side. I think that maybe she really did escape. Well, and it makes sense if he brought, she just brought herself. Mm-hmm. He brought them. He's in a worse And he's in worse shape. Yeah. But yeah, my point is like Anna was not in a good shape either. So I don't think she, I think she's cut off from heaven too. I think you're right. So I'm just saying. I think you're right. Well, after that, we learn that uh, Sweet Dean put his his baby angel, sweet baby angel boy, mm-hmm. up in the honeymoon suite. Yeah. We don't know why he needed to have the honeymoon suite to recover. And I love that he told the manager, do not disturb no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know what that manager had to have been thinking. Uh, Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Can you imagine being the manager and Dean like walks in there carrying a half conscious man who's like bleeding from his nose and mouth and is like, give me the honeymoon suite and do not disturb us no matter what. Like what was going through that manager's head? And then Dean said, you know what he said to me? You want some dope? Like that was your response to this situation? It's a different time. Different time, man. (laughs) There's no concern for the nearly unconscious bleeding man. He was just like, yeah. You should not disturb. Do not disturb. Yeah. Toss him up in the honeymoon suite. He'll be fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't ask any questions. Don't worry. But I did think it was hilarious that Dean got the honeymoon suite specifically. I didn't he even. specifically mentioned he's in the honeymoon suite. I didn't. That didn't even register until you said that. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, the boys go to find their parents to seek out Mary and John. And they wind up at their doorstep. We see that they're getting ready for dinner. They're they're adorable. Oh 
Like, I wish they were a couple in real life because they're just so cute. Mm -hmm. The guys knock at the door. She come, Mary comes to the door and she is immediately not happy to see Dean again. Mm-hmm. Well, as Dean pointed out earlier, the last time she saw me, her dad died. So yeah, not the greatest of memories associated with him. Yeah. And he's, they're trying to talk to her. It, it, it was really cute the whole time. <laughs> Sam just is like in awe of seeing them as Dean's trying to talk to her and telling her like, we, we need to talk. Like we need to come in. And Sam's just teary-eyed staring yes, at her. It was so cute. And then John comes to the door, and you noticed yeah. the soldier boy. Mm-hmm. Oh! Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> Dean's whole demeanor changed when John pulled open the front door and became visible. He stood up straighter. His chin went up a little bit. Like, immediately. Like, his whole face. Like, he was smiling, mm-hmm. kind of talking to Mary, and then he saw him in his, like, dead face. Like, yeah. Straight. Like, surprised he wasn't freaking hitting a salute. Yeah. The way his whole body changed. So I don't know if that was the director's call, if that was in the script, or if that was an improv by Jensen Ackles. But it was a nice touch, yeah. I thought. I, I, I didn't see it because I was taking notes. So I'm glad you rewound it because when I saw it, I was like, oh, damn. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, yeah, John comes to the door and he he shakes Dean's hand, then shakes Sam's hand. And Sam's like lingering, holding on to his hand, just still teary eyed. It was so sweet. It was so cute. Oh. John's like, you all right? You all right there, buddy? He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It's just been a rough day. Yeah. He invites them in for a beer, even though Mary is pissed. She's like, no, no, no. They, yeah. They're on their way. They're just my cousins. They were just stopping by to say yeah. hi. They got to hit the road. Hi and bye. Yeah. So they come in, and again, Sam's just still mystified. He's like, you're just so beautiful to mm-hmm. Mary. And Dean's like, ah, she's a spitting image of our mom, you know? Like, that's that's why he's being <laughs> He means weird. it in a non-creepy way. Yeah. John asks how they're related, and he mentions they been, they don't directly say, but they just say, like, her dad was like a grandpa to us. And, of course, Mary's like, oh, they're on their way again. She's like, they got to get out of here. And John's like, no, no, no. It means a lot to me. Like, I don't know much of her family. Like, you guys stay. But while they're all getting to know each other, John gets a call from one of his customers saying he doesn't want to work with him anymore. And John's like, no, no, no. Like, please stay. And the customer on the phone's like, all right, fine. Like, meet me in 10 minutes. But as the person. I think it was the shop owner. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, because he went to the shop to meet him. Well, either way. Oh, yeah. No, he was saying part-time. That's why I thought it was his boss. Because he was like, please, like, I need this job. Just even part-time. That's why I thought it was his boss. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Well, either way, whoever it was (laughs) told him to meet him at the shop to talk about it in 10 minutes. Right. And so he just takes off, leaves a note on the wall, like, be back in 15, which you said doesn't make sense, clearly. (laughs) And it wasn't actually the boss or customer or whatever anyway, because that person had been smoked yeah already well we saw anna Anna on the phone in the guy's voice which was a new trick we didn't know the angels could do right and then when we when he arrives at the garage he finds the guy whoever it was boss customer Mm -hmm. and like you said eyes burned out anna took him out i assume he was dead but maybe he wasn't maybe it was just like pamela and he was just unconscious from the pain that's true yeah either way anna what the hell fucked up like, wh- why didn't you just put him to sleep? Right. Like, we know y'all can do that. Rude. Rude. <laughs> yeah. She starts, she start. does she start beating up John? She throws John across the garage, right? Yeah, because we were talking about how here, here they are being dramatic again. Like, she said she just wants to kill him, but first she's going to toss him around a little Should bit. Fuck him up a little bit yeah. first. Yeah. Got to make a scene. Leave some carnage behind. Can't just snap his neck or something. Right. But it's, and again, another dumb thing. Like, she's losing some of her strength in doing this to him. Yeah. Because she starts bleeding from the nose right after she does it. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, once again, there's an efficient way to do this. Priorities, LA. Drama. I know. I know. Dean, Sam, and Mary all show up. And Anna throws Dean away, just like she did John. (laughs) Mary has the angel blade. Pretty, she's a badass. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Watching her spin that thing around and like hold the, yeah. And her and Anna kind of do a little dance of fighting. She's trying to get her, trying to stab her. Does she stab Anna? Yeah. With a, but it wasn't with the angel blade. Uh, Anna throws Mary into the windshield of a car and Mary climbs over the car. She lost the angel blade when she hit the windshield. Mm-hmm. So she climbs over the car and gets a, what is it? Like you would use it to. I was trying to think of what it was. because Open stuff. 
It's like some sort of wrench thing. Iron candy cane. A tire? Tire iron. That's, no? That's not a tire iron. Like you would, if you had a wooden crate, you would use and this prop to it open, open it. Yeah. yeah. What is that called? What is it called? I know what it's called. God damn it. It's got a name. Well, anyway. She, Anna stabs, no. Yeah. No, Mary stabs Anna with it. Yeah. And I was like, that would fucking hurt. Yeah, but it didn't kill her. It didn't. She just took it right out. Mm-hmm. Of course. She just pulled out. <laughs> We're so stupid. I did like the drama. Again, these boys have been hanging out with angels too much of whenever Anna said, that's not going to kill me. And Sam going, no, but it distracted you. And Sam had drawn the like angel banishing sigil on the wall in his blood and slapped his hand on it and like shot Anna out of the shop. Yep. Then we have a family drive home. Yeah. Boys are in the back seat. John's driving. And Mary's in the front. And John is like, so you hunt monsters. This is what you do. And you never said anything about it. And he's like, you two in the back do this too. Like what, what is going on? And what what is it that he said that you said it didn't make it didn't make sense? But it was he was like, "So help me, everybody, shut up or something, or I'll turn this car around." And they all got quiet. And I was like, "I mean, I get why they put the line in it because he's the dad and da da da." But like, where are you gonna go, John? Where you where are you gonna turn the car around to go to? It was cute though. It was cute. <laughs> it was cute. I liked it, but it just didn't make sense. But I don't care. Not everything has to. Right. Right. Well, Mary takes them to this house that she says has been in her family forever. It's kind of a older, little rundown, but she's like, there's salt, there's guns, everything we need, iron, whatever you need. And the guys are like, well, the boys are like, well, that's not going to help us really in this situation, but we brought supplies. We planned ahead. Cass packed us a bag. That's right. What a sweet little angel daddy. Sweet little angel. And sweet John is like, he's like, uh, let me do something like I want to do. I'm not useless. Like, let me help. Mm-hmm. And that's when we got on our discussion of how, where you cut yourself to get blood because Sam's telling him, okay, oh fine. About that. Uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> so John is like, all right, that's simple. Like, I saw you do that at the, at the oh, car shop. shop. Thank you. And... <laughs> And he's like, let me do that. And Sam's like, okay, well, yeah, we, we can do that, but it has to be with human blood. Mm-hmm. And John's, John takes the knife and he's like, all right, fine. Cuts his palm. Palm of his hand. And yeah. you're like, why? Why do they always do that? Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I don't understand it because I've had so many injuries on my hands that, like, you don't realize how connected it is that every little movement is going to affect that injury. Mm-hmm. And whether or not it heals, right? Right. Like right. a cut on the palm of your hand is going to take forever to heal, especially mm-hmm. a big one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we did end up talking about other places that you would maybe cut yourself in order to get some blood in a hurry if you needed to to make a sigil. Right. And I said your face because I know there's a lot of blood vessels in your face. And I said never. Right. <laughs> I said the lips. That's yeah. what started you. I was like the lips because I know they're very vascular. And so you could could cut your lip and get quite a bit of blood out, and that'll heal okay. But then what did you say, Burley? (laughs) Tell me. So then I said your butt. You said your butt. Your butt. And I was like, what? But I knew what you meant because I know that you you have told me that the anus is very vascular as well. Yes, it is. I was like, what? You're gonna cut your butthole. <laughs> it was a good. It was a good amount of time that we took on this conversation. <laughs> I mean, I get where your head was at, but I gotta banish these angels. Get in there. I was like, the healing time for that would be rough. Worse than your palm. Yeah. Oh so. my god. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so as they're talking about this, after John cuts his hand and whatnot, Sam is telling him about his dad and how he taught them everything they know. That's why they're doing this. And John is like, what an irresponsible father. Your dad told you this, like taught you this, like that's awful. What terrible parenting, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) As Sam's like talking to his dad that taught him all of this. It's crazy. He tells him what happened to his mom, that she died 
And my dad started doing this to get revenge for what happened to her. And he taught it to us and he forgives him, which Mm -hmm. I thought was nice to hear that Sam said that. I teared up during Sam's little monologue here. So it was really awkward to go from. It was quite a transition. One conversation to me crying. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, It was very sweet. It was very sweet. And hearing Sam talk about, you know, saying out loud because we've gotten the vibe, right? Like we've kind of known this, but to actually hear Sam say it out loud that he's forgiven their father finally. And to his father. And to his father. Yeah. It's crazy. It tugged at my heart. Yeah. It did. And Matt Cohen's performance as John, you know, just the confusion and the, you know, being frustrated and angry and all of that, you know, playing into it too. Yeah. It just, I loved the whole scene. Yeah. It was, it was good. But after they kind of have their little conversation, we see Anna and she's, I guess, just out somewhere and she meets up with Uriel. Mm-hmm. We we're very excited. Yeah. And not that it was a letdown. It wasn't, but we thought we were going to get Robert Wisdom again right. and we didn't. And I'm still wondering if it was supposed to be a younger version because she said 30 years from now, I'm still your your superior. But that so was did like he a wear, But did he wear the this person for 30 years and that's just him younger? I don't know. Like, because does every angel have a true vessel? Like, is Castiel's true vessel Jimmy Novak? Is because we know Jimmy that, gave himself up to him. Right. Yeah. And like, we know that Sam is Lucifer's true vessel and Dean is Michael's true vessel. And, you know, does every angel have like their true vessel that they're meant to have on earth? Because if so, maybe. then maybe it is supposed yeah. to be a young Robert Wisdom. Either way. Yeah. I mean, who knows? The guy was good, though. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. He better be as sassy. And then he immediately was like, I can always use some good smiting or something like that. And Mm -hmm. I was like, yes. It's still our Uriel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. So she asks him to kill the Winchesters for her. Mm -hmm. Because apparently she's she's not strong enough to do it right now. No. As much as she wants to, she just can't do it. So she's like, Uriel, get on that for me. Heaven's hitman. Watch out for the hitman. That could be like a little show. Heaven's Hitman? That's what Eric Kripke said. Is it? In the special features. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, after we we get to meet young Uriel, I guess it's not young Uriel. We get to meet Uriel's other vessel. Younger vessel, different vessel. Vessel? Mm-hmm. It's a vessel. Mm-hmm. Vessel. Anyway. You want to wrestle with Uriel? I'm going to wrestle that vessel. Mm. I can think of a vessel I want to wrestle. Oh, I know. Mm. We all know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're back at the house and Dean's talking with Mary and she's starting to ask questions. She's like, what's going on here? Like, what's really going on? They talk a little, but Dean finally, he's like, I'm your son. Like, just blurts it out. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm your son. And she's like, no, no, no. He's like, no, our names are Sam and Dean. We're, mar- we're married. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. <laughs> we're named after your parents. And he says, when I was little and I was sick, you used to make me to my tomato rice soup. Gross, by the way. Is that even a thing? I've never heard of it. I assume so. And he says, instead of singing them lullabies when they were little, she sang them Hey Jude because it was her favorite Beatles song. Mm-hmm. Same. She's just like, so I raised my children to be hunters, like just appalled with herself. And he's like, no, he tells her, you know, you died. Yellow eyed demon killed you. And dad took up up hunting to get revenge on on the demon that killed you. And then he taught us to do the same. Sam shows up in this conversation and they tell her basically she needs to leave John. Sam's like, you know, there's a big difference between dying and there's a difference between just never being born. Like, we're good with that. Like, because they're they're not telling her the full story, but they know, like, they don't want to end up where they're headed. They're supposedly Mm -hmm. supposed to end up. Yeah. And so they're like, no, just leave John. It's fine. Then we're never born. And this situation is not an issue. Mary says, sorry, guys. Can't. Can't happen. Mm -hmm. Not going to happen. Bad timing because I'm pregnant. Yeah, it's the 70s. Yeah. I don't know that we could even, that women could even open their own checking accounts back then. Yeah. So she could, so she's basically saying, even if I wanted to leave him, I couldn't. I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. And what am I going to do? As a pregnant woman, how am I going to like survive on my own? Mm -hmm. Little Dean. She's got a little Dean in her. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And Uriel shows up. And of course, a fight ensues. 
Anna tosses John. She just tosses Don, John out the window, like projectile tosses him out of the house. And, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, she's like, please. She's out. like, please get out of the fucking way. Yeah. All right. They're, so they all are fighting. Anna, Dean, Sam, Mary, Uriel. It's going down. But we do see John outside, you know, a little bloody and whatnot. But there's a light that kind of comes over him. I thought it was a car light. I was like, oh, who's rolling up? Who's <laughs> rolling up? Over. Did Cass get conscious and yeah. find a car because he couldn't teleport there? Right. That's not what happened. Uh-uh, nobody was in a car. But uh, we do see John show up again in the midst of the fight. But it's not John. Mm-mm. We learn it's Michael. Yeah. Mr. Michael finally enters the chat. We've got four archangels this season. I know. So exciting. And he's like a cool, calm, collected badass. Yeah. Like he just waltzes in. I mean, he's still condescending like Lucifer. Oh, well, yeah. But not in a smug, cocky way. In a smart, almost like a matter of fact way. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he kills Anna. I know. What the fuck? So he tells Uriel, get out of here. Oh, yeah. He likes he's like, Uriel, goodbye. Snaps his finger. No, he kills Anna first, right? Yeah, he kills Anna. Okay. He doesn't just smite Anna or Mm -mm. angel exercise Anna, which we know angel exorcisms exist because Alistair tried to do it twice. Right. No, he like puts his hands on her and like burns Anna out of her vessel. Like from the inside out. Yeah. And then her vessel charred crispy. And then, like, falls apart. I was like, that was so uncalled for. Unnecessary, yeah. Like, you just snapped your fingers to let Uriel go away and said goodbye. Why did we have to do that to Anna? Yeah. Like, Anna was trying to get rid of Lucifer's vessel, not yours. Right. She was hoping to save yours. In fact, I hypothesized that that's why Anna picked that date to go back. Because she knew Dean had already been conceived. Oh, you said that, and you're, I think you're totally right. So she was like, oh, so my booty call will be okay. <laughs> so let me go back in time now and kill daddy so just Sam isn't born. Right. But, yeah. but so Dean, still around. Gotta make sure that D survives. So why why Michael killed Anna, I, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, well, I don't know. Hopefully... Maybe later down the line we'll find out. Was it because she was defiant? Because she was a fallen angel, I guess? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Because she was saying that that was like the ultimate sin. And she maybe like he knew she escaped prison 30 years in the future or whatever. Right. And like there's no coming back from that really. I guess. You know. So he's like just takes her out. You know what we forgot though? Hmm. Anna stabbed Sam. We totally forgot. Oh, yeah. In the midst of the fight. She reaches into the wall and grabs a copper pipe. And pulls it out and stabs Sam with it. And so Sam is on the floor, like, dying. And I thought it was a really nice touch. When he falls over and then lands on the floor, blood came out of the copper pipe. Like, you ha- you have to look for it, but it was good. I, I'm, I'm so glad that you, like, find these things and rewind for me because I'm taking well, was, my notes and I miss it. I was confused what she stabbed him with because I saw her reach in the wall and pull it out. And I was like, what the fuck was that? So I was trying to look and see what he got stabbed with. And then when I saw it was a copper pipe, I saw the blood come out of the end. And I was like, ooh, nice touch. So, yeah, Sam is dying. That's where we are. Okay. After Uriel's gone, Anna's gone. It's just Dean and Michael. In John's meat suit. And Dean's like, how how did this happen? How is my dad your vessel right now? And Michael says, I just told him that I could save his wife. And he said, yes, simple as that. Dean's like, but I'm supposed to be your vessel. Like, so that's the whole drama here, bro. Like, what's going on? And Michael explains that it goes all the way back to Cain and Abel and that it's a bloodline. They're part of the bloodline. And that's why he could take over John's body and eventually Dean's. Which I, I thought that was a little nice touch. Interesting mm-hmm. to do that, throw that in. But that's why they don't burn up in the same way that Nick is with Lucifer, for example. They're literally made for it. After Michael gives him this explanation, Dean, and one of, like, he always says kind of cheesy shit, but I feel like this one is one of his better lines. And he's like, oh, great. So it's six degrees of heaven bacon and it didn't even register with me but you i screamed laughing (laughs) like i was so unnecessarily loud but it literally just came up out of my like bowels of my stomach i just like did this loud laugh it was so funny 
I had to rewind it because LA was like, what are you <laughs> laughing at? I'm taking my notes. Didn't catch it. <laughs> so I just said like Michael wasn't smug and cocky, but now I'm remembering that after Dean was like, just why don't you go somewhere else? Like you and your brother go fight somewhere else. Leave us alone. That Michael was like, you have it all wrong. Like this isn't about what you choose to do with your unimportant little life. Cut right to the bone there, Michael. Jeez. Yeah. And then he's like, I don't want to kill my brother any more than you would want to kill Sam. But this is what God has commanded. And I'm going to do it. And he's like, you're just going to do it because because your daddy tailed you too. And he's like, yes, because I'm a good son. Well, and he similar to to them, he also mentioned that he helped raise he basically raised Lucifer. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. he's like, just like him, just like you, Dean. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Dean is just like, I mean, just blindly following your father's orders. It's a dead, it's a dead end street is what I think he said. Mm. You know, like, think for yourself. What are you doing? Like, you're just going to do this, even though you don't want to. You're just going to do it just because. That's right. stupid. And then I think that's when Michael was like, oh, what you think with your unimportant little life and your choice, like all of that, it's bullshit. Like, that's all false. Right. Free will is an illusion, I think he said. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. Every decision you make just leads you closer and closer and closer to saying yes to me. Right. To meeting your destiny. And he's like, I'll do you a solid. Like, I'm not going to leave you a drooling mess when I'm done with you. Yeah. Uh, I think he said he would upgrade him. Did he? What does that mean? What kind of, how could he be upgraded? (laughs) Speaking of upgrades, Dean was talking about angel dicks an awful lot in this episode. I don't think he was thinking. <laughs> okay, let me start that over. <laughs> I don't think he was talking about their dicks. He was saying they are dicks a lot. No? no. Got that wrong? Okay. Got that wrong. He was talking okay. about their dicks. Okay. It was I heard a lot of dick. Yeah. Mentioned, but I haven't seen one yet. Not though. in the context you were saying. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right. Well, he, in addition to not leaving him a drooling mess and giving him an upgrade, he tells him that he'll he's going to scrub his parents' minds, mm-hmm. so they're not going to remember any of this. Don't worry about that. Well, that upset Dean because he had warned Mary to not go in the nursery. Oh, I forgot about that. So he was like, "Fuck, man!" So it's all going to happen, and she's going to die anyway. And Michael's like, "Yeah, right." That right before Sam comes in in that conversation, mm-hmm. that's when Dean's like, "November, whatever. Yeah, don't second. go, don't go in there." What, 1983, mm-hmm. right? Ugh, these boys try so hard to avoid their mama getting killed, like, and what yeah. happened to Sam. It's it's really kind of sad. So that was shot with him scrubbing their minds. And he tells he tells Dean, he, like, you you know, you always know this is going to play out one way or another. Like, it's you've been told multiple times now, the both of you, where you're going to end up. Mm-hmm. And you guys are fighting it, which rightfully so to me. I say that, not... Michael. Mm-hmm. Well, this whole conversation is happening while poor Sam is dying yeah. next to them. And I forgot to say that at the very beginning of the conversation, Dean was like, fix him. Yeah. Fix him first yeah, it was, before it was we talk. Really cute. And Michael's like, no, 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 we're going to chat. And I'm like, that's a little fucked up. Like, you're just going to have Sam suffering while you guys have a little chit chat. That's not Michael's vessel. And he already, if, imagine if he thinks Dean's life is unimportant. Yeah. What he thinks about Sam's. True. Well, luckily... At the end of their little little conversation, he does heal Sam, thank God. And he puts them back in 2010, where they were. And luckily, Cassiel gets enough juice in the honeymoon suite <laughs> to transport himself back to present day as well. But he's like all wobbly. And they're like, oh, yeah, you made it back, dude. And he goes, barely, before he falls. And like both Winchesters grab him and then throw him on the bed. Oh, that's a lot. I, I know. Did, oh, my. <laughs> Sounds like an, a real good time. That's exactly how it happened. It is, yes. <laughs> what a dream. <laughs> and then to, to end the episode, it's super cute. We see Mary and John in the nursery. Back in 1978. Yes. And they're standing at a crib, and they're staring off camera at something, and she's talking about she got it at a thrift market or garage sale for like 25 cents and he's like well thank god for that because yeah. you know we women we're just crazy with money <laughs> and uh she's like i just don't know what it, what it was about it but it just i just really felt the need to get it and i love it i really love it or she's like i just liked it so much and he's like well if you liked it i love it mm-hmm. gives her a kiss walks out 
And she's rubbing her belly because she's big pregnant with Dean. She said, quite a kick there. You're a troublemaker already. Oh, that's right. But he's probably like, no, Mom. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> because it pans over and it's a little figurine of a, a angel. Mm-hmm. And she's staring at it and she rubs her belly and she tells baby Dean, angels are watching over him. If she only knew. (laughs) It was written by Sarah Gamble and Nancy Weiner. This is the only Supernatural episode by this duo. And it was directed by Steve Boyum, who also did season two's Crossroad Blues, season three, Dream a Little Dream of Me, and season four, In the Beginning, as well as Death Takes a Holiday, and season five's The End. Those are some good ones. I know. Nice. All right. So gore. There's the blood through, blood through the copper pipe. Yeah. Nice little touch. We had a lot of blood coming out of people's mouths. Sam, yeah. Cass, Anna. Cass choking up the blood. Mm-hmm. Blood coming out of Anna's nose. Nothing overly gory, though, at all. No. But I did think that blood coming out of the copper pipe. Was good. That was a good touch. Mm-hmm. That was super detailed. It was really nice. Like, I'm glad I was looking to see, what did she stab him with? Because I wouldn't have noticed it otherwise. Well, I missed it completely, so I'm glad you rewound it so I could see it. It was really good. Really well done. What did you adore about this episode? I was very pleased to see Matt Cohen again. Mm -hmm. I bet you were. He's a handsome, handsome devil. Mm -hmm. He's Uh, a handsome angel. He is. Well, and again, we talk about this all the time. So seeing him play John, but then seeing him be Michael... I love that. I love the transition. He did a good job. Uh, It was subtle because Michael's just very so matter of fact. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I I mean, he's a good looking chap. I like to, (laughs) I I always like to see him. (laughs) LA wants a photo op sandwich between that JDM and that Matt Cohen. Ooh. Ooh. That would be nice. John Winchester's sandwich. Yes. Yes. I also like love the, like it's reiterated yet again how much Cass loves these Winchesters. Yeah. That he's like, no, 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 Anna. Sorry. Mm-hmm. We've known each other how long we're like related angel wise. Sorry. These are my boys. You're not touching them. I'll kill you first. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. it. And speaking, of, I loved the, all, both of those things too. Uh, but speaking of Anna, it was cool to see Anna come into play. Of course. Yeah. With a mission that she, she, can, she broke out. Like I said, I, I think she was telling the truth. I think she somehow broke out of prison. And who knows? Maybe prison let her out because they knew that this was what she was thinking she was going to go do. I don't know. But getting to see, like, soldier Anna. Mm-hmm. That I have a mission. This I'm going to get it done. Right. I fucked up, mm-hmm. but I'm going to make it right. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this. I'm going to stop the apocalypse. I'm going to save the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, don't mean, li- I don't like the plan, but this is it. Right. I liked getting to see her. I was sad to see her go. I was, too, because we've liked her so much. Yeah. And like, like you said, like, I kind of. She got on the back burner of my brain or whatever. Mm-hmm. But to see her, I was excited. And they fucking kill her like they yeah. always do. It's like you just took Ellen and Joe away from Baby, us. come on. And now you're taking Anna, too. Yeah. You're like, traumatizing us. Yeah. Like what female characters are left? None. I think that was it, right? Mary. Yeah. And Mary she dies back in 1978. But we know she dies on the ceiling. Yeah. So, But it was, it was, it was just cool to see Anna in that mode. I agree, yeah. You know, because she's kind of just been popping in and being like, hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should be doing that. That seems shady. Don't be doing that. So to see her pop in and be like, this is the plan and I'm going to get it done. Mm-hmm. I mean, none of, none of us wanted her to succeed at the mission, but still, it was cool to see her in that mode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm disappointed. It was nice to have a little Uriel pop in too. That, yeah. That I love me some Uriel. Plumbing on two legs. Oh my God. Oh. I'll never forget that line. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for lore, we're talking today about... The Archangel Michael. Mm. There's a lot out there about the Archangel Michael. Oh, God, I bet. Just like there was with Gabriel. uh, Trying to chop it down to some stuff that's interesting here. So this is from a blog post on Earth and Altar Mag. Different hierarchies of angels are put forth at different points in scripture. But in Michael's case, the title Archangel is a sign of his power and his particular closeness to God. Michael is often called saint by the church because he is a holy angel and saint derives from the Latin sanctus, which means holy. I didn't know that. Mm. But his sainthood is slightly different from the sainthood of Christians throughout history. 
because he ain't human. Oh, yeah. As we will see a little further on, there is a robust tradition of invoking Michael's help in ways that are both similar to and different from the practice of asking saints for their prayers. Michael's main attributes are that of a heavenly warrior and protector. The only book in the Old Testament that references Michael, the book of Daniel, firmly establishes this. Michael does not actually appear to Daniel, but is referenced by an unnamed angel seen by Daniel in a vision. The angel who speaks to Daniel explains that he has been engaged in a cosmic battle with the prince of Persia, not a human prince, but a heavenly being, and was assisted by Michael, quote, one of the chief princes. Every time Michael is mentioned in Daniel, his name is accompanied by your prince or the great prince. Huh. I just have kiss going through my head now. Nah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you say kiss? Yeah, isn't that Prince? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's just I, your Prince, the Great Prince. I thought you were talking about Kiss the Band. No. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No, you don't have to. Yeah. No, I know. That's Prince. Yeah, yeah. Now I have the other Kiss in my head too. Now too. Sorry. Love gun. No. Okay. Michael's main attributes are that of a heavenly warrior and protector. Michael is referenced in the book of Daniel with no introduction and very little explanation, implying that traditions about him were already fairly strong when this part of Daniel was written and that people knew who he was. This is also the case in the New Testament, where the author of the epistle is that the right word of jude refers to michael arguing with the devil over who has the right to moses's body after he has died reading this verse for the first time immediately made me do a double take like what (laughs) saint michael and the devil stood over moses's body arguing over who had dips interesting (laughs) but apparently the author assumed their audience would know what they were talking about and toss the story out there as an example of avoiding slander. One of the strongest traditions about Michael is that he cast Satan and other fallen angels from heaven at some point early in creation. Nowhere in the Bible does this narrative directly exist. The concept of fallen angels is largely derived from writings such as the Book of Enoch that never made it into the canon of Scripture. However, the book of Revelation does include what is probably the best known passage in Christian scripture regarding Michael, in which the book's narrator has a vision of Michael defeating a dragon, quote, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back, but they were defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He has thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. The battle is generally understood to take place at the end of time. And in that sense, it mirrors the reference to Michael in the book of Daniel. It also displays a symmetry with the non-biblical but widely held tradition that Michael cast Satan out of heaven at the beginning of creation. Michael drove out the forces of evil from heaven once, and he'll do it again. Most representations of Michael in Christian art take their inspiration from the scene in Revelation. Michael is often shown trampling a dragon underfoot while brandishing a sword, a flaming sword, or plunging a spear into its body. At first glance, it can be easy to mistake art depicting Michael for art depicting St. George another dragon slayer and vice versa. The trick generally is that if the figure is riding a horse, it's George. Okay. Just FYI. Got it. If wings are present, Michael, you got it. Look at that. Michael is the patron saint of a number of professions. Often those who may find themselves in danger, such as sailors and those who help people in danger such as paramedics i thought Raphael was paramedics it gets a little muddy i think okay 
Michael is often also invoked as the patron of worldly powers of force, such as the military and police. All Christians may invoke Michael for protection when they are in harm's way. But I find it imperative to remember that Michael's sword is the sword of righteousness. He was very righteous whenever he was talking. That's true. I'm sexy. This is what's right. I'm going to do it. Listen and hear me. Look in these eyes. <laughs> and you, you hear what I say. And you, I will ask you and you will say yes. That's right. I will get in your vessel. I'll say yes. Mm. Ah! I know you would. <laughs> okay. Where was I? Okay, sword of righteousness, and is drawn only at the directive of God. Oh, no. (laughs) A full understanding of Michael teaches us to shape our will to God's, as all angels act in service of God's will. Okay, so Raphael, if I need to be healed. Mm -hmm. Michael, if I need to be protected. Yeah. And Gabriel, if I need some hands. (laughs) Right? Yeah. 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 We're good. (laughs) Check, check, check. So who is St. Michael? A heavenly being with an old name and an old tradition created by God to act on God's will. The protector of Daniel's people, one who shall fight the forces of evil at the last day, whose sword is the only weapon that will ever bring true peace because it is wielded at the direction of God. The vessel. Mm-hmm. The vessel is the sword. The vessel is the sword and it's flaming. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And that's all I got. That's all I got for the water. Okay. Well, I didn't know all that about Michael. Me neither. You know, my... I might have improv a little bit in there. So. No. As always, guys, we'll be posting our sources. <laughs> I don't know what all came out of my mouth just now. All right. Well, to close it out, when Dean, Sam, and Castiel all meet back at the motel, they're talking about their team free will. And Dean says, great, team free will. One ex-blood junkie, one dropout with six bucks to his name, and Mr. Comatose. (laughs) Cheers. What a team. (laughs) Cheers. Go team, go. Thank you for listening to Denim Wrapped Nightmares. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram, leave a review, and let us know how we can get involved in the fandom. This was fun. Jerk. It always is, bitch.